0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me if you would tonight. We'll look at Romans chapter 9. Romans in chapter 9. In fact, yeah... Instead, I'm going to have you to go to Hebrews chapter 12. How about that? I'll read to you Romans chapter 9 in a bit. But you go to Hebrews 12 just so uh, you don't get overwhelmed with our flipping. (laughs) We started last night because God began dealing with me some while ago about what to minister on in these meetings. And how many of you know that it's time for miracles? But it won't just happen because it's time. And it won't just happen for us because it's time. It's because we're prepared to move with what it's time for. To respond to what it's time for and cooperate with what it's time for. And uh, I so appreciate that God, if I could say this, is taking us uh we, we don't want to leave you with something that's a quick fix because quick fixes aren't sustainable always. <laughs> we want to go the long way because once we know that route, we can sustain anything we receive. And so God began dealing with me, and we started started in that direction last night now start with something that God kept bringing up to me, Dad Hagan's statement. When he said, when reverence and honor are restored, there will be restoration and multiplication of the miraculous power of God. So notice this, this wording that Dad Hagen gave, and I believe it's by the spirit and by his knowledge, Dad Hagan's experience and skill of walking with God is that reverence and honor will call for something. You can't give reverence and honor and come up empty handed. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Amen, because it is a flow God will respond to yes. 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 and Amen. meet us in. Amen. Yes. And uh, it will keep us from being flippant in our knowledge yeah. Yeah. so that we don't become proud of ourselves that we know the principles of faith. And, yeah. Yeah. And start hmm, comparing ourselves. I was listening to one preacher. I heard this years ago and I'm reminded that he said he heard some young, some younger ones in faith. And they were being students there of of different instructors and of the subject of faith. And he said he overheard them saying, well, I think I can believe for 20,000. I think my faith is there. And another one's saying, well, I think I can believe for 25,000, you know, and they're sitting there impressed with themselves of their advancement and they're comparing it. And you know, one's got to up the other one. You know, you just got to, if you're in that, and honor and reverence will keep you out of that flippant use of the light that is so imperative. And so it, it's a flow of heaven. And rightly handling that so that we don't just become proud of ourselves and what we know and what others haven't been given that we've been given. Amen. Reverence and honor will keep, it only really flows through humility and it will keep you safe so that we don't start treating lightly what cost heaven everything. So, Dad Hagen making the statement, when reverence and honor are restored. So, Dad Hagen evidently was seeing that things were lost in the body of Christ. And that was a flow of reverence and honor. And uh, reverence is an attitude of deep respect. And it carries with it a sense of awe. Like you never get familiar. That sin of familiarity does not does not enter in your approach to God that every time you see something you see healing someone receive their healing you don't become casual toward it yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> not shocked but in awe of the greatness of God that we never get tired of seeing his display he puts on a show and we buy the ticket every time <laughs> We don't say, oh, I've seen that show. (laughs) Amen. So reverence is an attitude of deep respect that carries with it a sense of awe. And it's showing regard and respect and honor. And then honor means it's something weighty and heavy. And it's to have a high regard and to treat something as important and to give priority to it. To honor something is to put it first. To honor the Lord is to put him first. To honor his word is to put his word first. And when we have honor for something, it never again is common to us. It's not like anything else of our day. Our honor for it sets it apart from anything else. Um, I've taught this to our congregation in different places in teaching that in a day where everything is casual and comfortable, and it's all about my comfort. For us, it's all about our honor. And one of the things that we've endeavored to do is hold the standard and be an example that when we come to church, it's not like any other location we go to throughout the day. It's not. It's not like going to the beach. It's not like going to the mall. How does everybody know it's different for us by how we handle it? by how we approach it, by how we talk about it, by how we dress for it. It's all of these things that set it apart to the observer. Amen. Amen. And so the law of honor is seen when we read the scripture of those who honor me, I will honor. It's a law. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now that's what God says. It's not, we are the ones who determine how we're treated by God. The way we approach is the way he responds. We set the flow of how heaven treats us. Those who honor me. I will honor. So that means what you sow, you reap. In every single, in every single flow. So the more we honor and revere God, the more he will honor us. And I tell you what, his honor cannot, cannot be equaled. When he honors you, it, it's nowhere near when your boss honors you or when your profession honors you. When God honors you, it's at His level of honor. Yes. So it says, Those that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Why is that? Because God has preference? No, because of how they sowed to him. They you can only receive to the capacity you sowed. You, if you treated God lightly and he treated you with honor, you could not even receive the flow of honor. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The degree that he flows in honor, you, couldn't, it, it, you wouldn't even be able to lay hold of it. That's right. That's right. To despise something because he says, they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. You don't hear people out in public saying, I despise God they're not gonna you're not gonna hear that wording and it's not through wording that he is despised it's through response yeah.
1: it's so good. <laughs> good.
0: through our approach yeah. just as honor is you can say I honor I honor I honor but then no actions that back up that word so I love something Norval Hayes said, and you know, Brother Norval could say things in a way that I don't know if it's legal for other people to say it, but Brother Norval, years ago, I heard him make this statement. He said, God doesn't believe a word you say. He only believes what you do. And this, this, this flow of honor or despising is not by words only. It's by actions. It's by lifestyle. And to despise something is to not treat something as important. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So just to lower something in our list of things to do that day. Where, where God and his business and his kingdom and things he's interested in falls in that list shows our degree of honor. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen. To despise something is to not treat something as important as it should, as, as it should be treated. To show lightness toward it, or to, to treat it as trivial. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just read to you Romans nine thirteen because these are strong words here. It's talking about Jacob and Esau. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what that did not begin with God that began with Jacob and Esau in other words I treated Jacob how he treated me I treated Esau how he treated me God did not decide that they did So why does God say these strong words about these twin brothers? Meaning this, people can come out of the same household and not be like the example that's been set. One can get it and one can dismiss it. Yet have the same example of honor in the home. So why did God say this about Esau that he was despised by God because he treated God with despise. So what you sow, you reap. Right. Amen. Esau came in from hunting. We know this. He was a field man. Jacob was an office man. <laughs> if you learn that, that everybody usually is predominantly one or the other, they're a field man or they're an office man. And if you learn that as an employer, it helps you know where to place people some people can have a good mixture of both, but usually you'll have one that's predominantly that it, it frustrates an office man to put him in the field and it frustrates a field man to put him in the office. So it, I have that. Uh, Stephen's a field man and, and grants an office man. I love that. I can work them over in both arenas, just use them up. And so this is what this is what was going on in this family. Very different men. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Esau was a hunter. He went hunting one day and uh, didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> he came back with nothing. And uh, he was hungry. And he came in and Jacob had been at home. And so Jacob was making himself something to eat. And Esau got hungry, smelling it, hungrier. And so he offered his brother something. Jacob said to Esau, because Esau said, Can I, I want a bowl of soup. And he said, yeah, you can have it for your birthright. Yeah. <laughs> Just a small exchange. Very even thing going on here. And I'll just read to you what it says uh, of Esau's approach or response in Genesis 25, verse 32. Esau said, see here, I am at the point of death after one day of hunting. (laughs) This is called drama. (laughs) See here, I am at the point of death. Now look at, listen to his next words. What good? can this birthright do me? Listen to the words, what good is it to go to that church? What good is it to tithe? What good, what good can this birthright do me? So Esau treated what was important as unimportant. And he he made an exchange. The important for the unimportant. When he got under physical pressure, when his body started feeling something, he devalued what was important. He started comparing what he possessed to what he felt. So pressure that comes will reveal the inward attitude. Someone already has. Hunger did not change Esau's attitude. It revealed it. And that's why God said what he said of the difference between Jacob and Esau. It was an inward attitude. So Jacob honored God and he was honored by God. But Esau had little regard for God and the things of God and God had little regard for him. What's that mean? He could not receive of the grandness that God was able to produce in someone's life. He couldn't take it in. Why? Because if you only have a thimbleful of regard, only a thimbleful can you receive. Can't receive a bucket load when all you hold as a vessel. Honor enlarges your vessel. Honor enlarges the capacity to receive. The greater the degree of honor, the greater the capacity to receive of what God has made ours. Amen. Now, if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, Esau did not receive and walk in all God had for him because of his lack of reverence, his lack of honor and regard, he did not esteem something of value. That's right. In Hebrews 12, verse 17, and the King James says this. Hebrews 12, verse 17. For you know how that afterward when he, Esau, would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance Though he sought it carefully with tears. The amplified of that verse says this. For you understand that later on when he wanted to. When he wanted to regain title to his inheritance. See, he's still not wanting to honor God. He's just wanting the inheritance. Yeah. 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 Missing the whole point still. Yeah. Yeah. He just when it came time to get what that inheritance could, meant, what that birthright meant, which was inheritance, he, he wanted to step up in line. But he still wanted to get there with no honor. You understand that later on when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing, he was rejected, disqualified, and set aside. God did not do that. That was his choice. That was his choice. So what was it all the time that he could have been the holder of the birthright? He didn't deem it as, as worth holding. But when, he, when his life wanted something, then he wanted to step up. God is so good and God is so merciful. He is so merciful. But I've seen people that would show up in church when things start falling apart and when things go back in place, you don't see them anymore. And you know, if you don't change that inward attitude, there's going to come a day you're going to show up and you're going to be so dwarfed spiritually that you will not even be able to take in anything that God would make available to you when you practice dishonor it's dangerous to treat God's business as optional it's dangerous to to treat the place where God meets his people as optional it's If you treat it only as a bailout during a time of testing, God is so merciful, he will bail you out. But there's going to come a day when you're going to need a bailout and you're going to be like Esau and you're going to need something bigger than what your faith has grown to. And then you'll step up to receive and because of the no capacity, The dwarfed capacity. God doesn't withhold. But day after day after day of diminishing, belittling, despising, treating as unimportant what is important, you will not automatically change in a moment. You can't practice dishonor and arrive, I mean, for months and years and Decades, and then all of a sudden step up into the full flow of honor and receive. It just doesn't happen. Because the insides have to be, Mm -hmm. mm, that'd be dealt with daily. Again, the amplified for you understand in Hebrews twelve seventeen. for you understand that later on, later on, later on, wisdom calculates later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Foolishness forgets about later on.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. For you understand that later on when he wanted to regain title. Why didn't he want to regain it the day he lost it, exchanged it? He waited until a time of, ah, Mm -hmm. he recognized what could have been. When he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of the blessing, he was rejected. Why? Because he wasn't able to receive He was disqualified and set aside for he could find no opportunity to repair by repentance what he had done. No chance to recall the choice he had made. Although he sought for it carefully with bitter tears. Mm -hmm. Tears doesn't create capacity. Honor does. Praise the Lord. Tears cannot restore what only honor can partake of. So the law of honor, which is those who honor me, I'll honor. So God lets us decide how he deals with us. As a parent, it's the child that decides how they're parented. (laughs) If they're going to be difficult, bullheaded, you have to deal with them that way. And every time my children were disciplined, it was because they asked me for that. I didn't just jerk them out one on bed one day and start spanking. You, asked, you did, your actions asked. And I had the interpretation of your actions. I knew what your actions were saying to me. And so many don't even recognize actions that are asking for discipline. Get the interpretation. So this law of honor that mm, you honor God and he'll honor you. Mm -mm -mm. Think of that, think of that. When heaven honors my, 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 earth notices. And, uh, if that is a law, yes, it is. you ever heard this in the cowboy Western days, you know, 1800s, the wild West. And they would say this, don't get on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Right. There is a right side of the law and there is a wrong side of the law That's
1: right. That's right. That's
0: right. and the law works for you or against you based on how you're working it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have we been driving over the speed limit and all of a sudden we see a patrol car and the brake lights come on? Wrong side. You knew you were on the wrong side. You knew that law would work. There There was one that I heard say that a law enforcement officer that the, the ones who they see the brake lights on, they'll say, okay, yeah. you paid attention. Yeah. You recognized me. You gave a nod to me. <laughs> but you're just going to speed on. I'll oh, you saw me already. You're going to get stopped. Yeah. Because you did not adjust yourself when yeah. you saw. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we're not all perfect in the things of how we've handled things, but we need to adjust ourselves when we see. Yes. God will notice whether or not we put the brake light on the flesh, the brake light on the mouth, the brake light on the attitude. He'll notice. Instead of just saying, oh, that's just the way I was born, that's the way, my, you know, that's the way I was raised. You better put the brake light on when you see a law enforcement officer. And the word is uh, law enforcement officer. When you gain light of that, Throw on the brake light. Let God know I saw that. I saw that. And I'm not going to keep speeding past your dealings. I'm not going to keep speeding past the standard of your word because this is the way I've always driven my life. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. God wants us to receive. He longs for us to receive miracle power. He longs that every time a need shows up, an answer is received. That's what he intends. That's what he provided. That's what he planned for us. Amen. He longs for us to do, to receive all that he's made ours, but that's determined by us. And so many, and religion teaches you to lay that determination on God and not on you. Know mm-hmm. this, anything he's given, he won't take back. He's not a withholder, but we can, we can take ourselves out of position that what he's given can't reach us. He doesn't give all and then take back some. The flow of honor keeps you in position that what he's provided reaches you unhindered. amen Amen. we can do things that hinder that miracle power from reaching us years ago there was a woman who attended our church for a very short time and I won't tell you the whole backstory but uh, she ended up and she wasn't raised in a church like ours from my understanding and so she was just there maybe a few months and then she left and, uh, she came back about a year and a half later and at the time she left, she had been diagnosed with cancer. And so I called her and she didn't leave because she didn't leave because of, uh, well, there, there was just someone in the church that she was wanting a relationship to work out with them and it didn't. So she left the church to get because she left them. And uh, even though she didn't come to the church for the purpose of coming to church, she came to the pur- came with the, the, the relationship in mind. And God, listen, God will use any things like that to get a hook in you. You know, he will use that. And so she was, she was disappointed over a relationship not working out. And so she left the church. And so I called her and I said, love, I, I want to. I want to encourage you on something. I know that this relationship didn't work out the way you intended. But I said, since you've been here, you have been uh, hearing the word. But not only that, you've had a diagnosis of cancer. This is not about the relationship that didn't work out anymore. This is about your need now. And I said, I just encourage you, don't leave the church over this relationship because your need has changed. And she just told me basically in so many words, don't call me back. So I said, okay, at least, at least I leave people without excuse. That's my goal, leave people without excuse. And uh, about a year and a half later, she comes in in a wheelchair and it has moved to every organ She's only in her mid-30s. She has a couple of young children. And she came in and I saw her and bless her heart when she realized the need. But sometimes you've let things in so far, the further it gets in, the more faith it takes to get it out. And sometimes the more time it can take to get it out. We used to have a dog named Coco. Stephen, how long Coco lived with us? About 18 years. And he was about two, one or two when he came. That dog lived (laughs) forever. He he had a measure of resurrection life. (laughs) Very small measure, but he he did. That dog, and he loved Stephen. Now, he was all right. He he was fine with the rest of us, but he loved Stephen. And when he wanted in the house and he shed so bad, you know, he was just one, he was just one of those field dogs. I mean, he just, he just deserved to live outside. <laughs> he was happiest outside when he could go be running after something, you know. And when he wanted to come in the house, if I could get him stopped at the door, no big deal. But he always knew, get to Stephen's room. Get to, if he knew he could get to Stephen's room, he had an opening to stay. <laughs> you don't want the devil to think. Just get to their house because, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You go. Know, does the devil think that way? Let me tell you about a vision that John Osteen had. Now, John Osteen was a pastor, precious pastor, had a leading voice in the body of Christ in, in the 70s, 80s. And um, he was telling about a vision he had, and he saw a herd of demons going down a residential street, and a, a demon that had command over these other demons, that a higher ranking demon, was telling these demons, the two of you go in that house. And then he'd say to another, the two of y'all go in that house. And he was distributing these demons and assigning them to attack neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And one of the demons said when they passed another house, do you want us to go in that one? He says, oh no, don't go in that place. Come on. Come on. Come <laughs> on. That one, the people know the name of Jesus, and he said, "You don't want to go around that house." But what was it? They knew their authority. When you know your authority, the devil uh, they they think twice. Why? Because they don't want to be in any more terror than they are. And when you use the name of Jesus, they flee in terror. And they're already tormented with terror. Demons are the most fearful beings in creation. And you think you just felt a little bit of fear. They are saturated with it. And um, so Coco knew if I can just get to Stephen's room, he knew it was harder for me to get him out. The longer something and the further something goes, sometimes the harder it is to get it out if you've permitted it too long. And so for that year and a half, that was what I was trying to help this gal with, is if you give time to this, it will start taking more and more territory. So when she came back to the church, of course it had gone into every vital organ And she was just a skeleton. And she came to the Bible school for a short time. We had a Bible school. And God bless her. I appreciate that she just put herself around the word as much as she could. But see, that thing got in front of her. Got in front of her faith. And her faith didn't have time to catch up. Could faith have caught up? Yes, if there were time. There was time. You say, well, God can do anything. Yes, but God can't take people at any pace. It's like trying to hand a, a, a chemistry book to a first grader. Yeah. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. The child has an intellect. Yeah. The child has the ability to learn, but you can't take them faster than grace will go. Let them go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And spiritual things are the same way. Yeah. God can't just slam you into certain arenas. Yeah. And so that's, What I I, I sent, of course, I I just, you know, as the the pastor, I just, I knew the the, the gal was going to die. And um, I said to God one day in daily prayer that we were having, I said, God, I don't know if this can be changed. I'm not going to assume it can't be. Just because I have a sense that she's going to die, that you're not sentencing her to death, you know. And I said, I'm not going to assume it can't be changed because... Per, per I, If there is the, the, the factor that someone else can pick it up for her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I want to be available to help. Yeah. That if that can be changed. Because some things can be changed and some things cannot. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on the people and the, the, what they have embraced. So I said, God, I don't know if it can be changed. But if it can, I want to make myself available to be a part of that. So I had learned this in pastoring that many times if you'll pray long enough in the Spirit, God will show you how to help someone. He'll show you the open door, what let failure in on them. If you'll pray long enough in the Spirit, you go, why are you earning it? No, but the further you go, the more you see. The longer you pray in the Spirit, the more you see in the Spirit. So it's not a time thing of earning, it's a time thing of, of progression. And so I just sat there and I said, Father, I'm going to lift her up in the spirit. I don't know what to say or pray over her. Specifically, you know the help she needs. So I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to give me the utterance of what she needs. So I I just sat there and prayed for about 20 minutes in the spirit, lifting her up. At the end of 20 minutes, I have a vision. And in the vision, she's sitting in a chair, just in one of our chairs in the sanctuary. It looks just like these. And out of the floor are coming two pipes, about, I don't know, three-quarter inch round pipes. They're about this close together, coming up out of the floor. And they get to the back of the seat, and there's an elbow bend in the pipe. and And that pipe, the other end of the pipe, goes into the back seat of her chair. What do I know? Those are, that's signifying power is flowing. Yeah. That's what that's signifying. That's what pi- in the natural, pipes are conduits yeah. it's for things to flow through there. And I knew when I saw that vision, God is showing me power is flowing to her. Yeah. Yeah. But in the vision, I see her sitting in that chair, but in the vision, she leans forward. And when she leans forward, she takes the first finger of each hand and she puts it behind her and, and, crams those fingers into both of those pipes. And God was showing me, see, power's flowing, but she's hindering it. She's clogging it. He didn't tell me what it was, and you don't want to know why? It was none of my business. It It wasn't something I could change. In a short time, of course, and within just a couple of weeks, she went home to be with the Lord. But what I want to see is this... I don't want that miracles, miracle power belongs to us. And with our lack of right response to God, we take our wrong responses and plug. Because God did not give all so that we could receive less than all. He wants us to receive all every time we have a need. That we receive all that we need. Amen. 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 So when reverence and honor are restored, Dad Hagen said, there will be a restoration and multiplication of the miraculous power of God. So in this statement, we see that miracle power coming into manifestation calls for a certain atmosphere, an atmosphere of reverence and honor, and it calls for a certain attitude. Of reverence and honor. And you can't have an atmosphere of reverence and honor without an attitude of reverence and honor. Amen. 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 It's the attitude that produces that atmosphere. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I've endeavored to teach our congregation in years past. It matters what condition you're in when you arrive at church. <laughs> you can come in fussing and fighting all the way to church and then sit in the chair and think that you're going to receive I, your, your, your confession's working. It's not going to work because the attitude has an effect on what is going to happen. And people can have an indifferent attitude and grieve the spirit. Yes. And him stop moving because of the attitude of the saved ones. <laughs> not of the unsaved, but of the saved ones. Yes. Amen. Amen. Greater flows call for greater reverence. And greater reverence will access greater flows. There has to be in this flow of honor and reverence, it's going to include, there has to be greater intimacy with God, to know him in a more intimate way so that we can move with him into greater flows into greater miracles. Morgan had made this statement recently. She said, those spiritual giants who got miracles got them because of their reverence for God, which brought them into a lifestyle of living in the presence of God and produced a life of consecration and obedience. Because honor and reverence will change how you approach everything. Consecration and obedience to what God says to you. Reverence means you rid your life of things that steal time that belongs to him. How we treat him every day is going to determine what we're able to receive from him in our time of need. People always want to receive God's best, but... Dad Hagen made a statement that just was sobering. And he was referring to someone needing healing. And believing God for healing. He said, divine healing is God's best when someone's in need of, you know, of healing. But he said, but if you haven't been giving God your best, you can't receive his best. Because if you don't sow your best, you don't reap his best. Amen. So how we treat him every day is going to determine what we'll be able to receive from him in our time of need, not because he gives or withholds, but because it's about our approach and capacity to receive what he's made ours. Our reverence for God is to grow. Hopefully during this week, because of God's putting a spotlight, light will come to us and our, and our reverence should ah, step up. But it, so don't, don't sit and beat yourself up for not doing some of these things because you can always grow. Yes. You can always grow and don't let the devil think, uh, sentence you to a measure of defeat because he points at where you weren't honorable toward the word or the Holy Spirit or toward the local church or Toward feeding and meditating on the scriptures. Because the devil will always say, now you have to accept a measure of defeat. Just grow. Just say, devil, I'm growing. I'm growing. And there's one thing about you, devil, you're never growing. You're never growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you despise my growth because you can't have it. And he tries to push you down so that you do not do this wonderful thing called Grow. So as we sit here and hear some of these things, we say, we take it, we take it, we take it and we grow. And as our spiritual life grows, our honor for God grows, our reverence for God grows and there's never a limit on how far that will grow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Yeah. Greater spirituality is accompanied with greater reverence. You can't be spiritual and be irreverent. I would be. I would. would. T- I would I'd say, be careful at home, yes. that you don't make light of spiritual things of, that go on in services. Yeah. 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 Don't treat them irreverently. Yeah. Yeah. Don't treat them as a game. As a, yeah. these are, I'm not ta- saying be religious. Enjoy yeah. the Holy Ghost and what goes on, but don't go home and treat it yeah. irreverently. Yeah. of how someone responded and you kind of mock it. Ain't your business. Ain't your business. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor Jay was quoting, I believe it was Dima Shakerian. Dima Shikarian was the founder of the Full Gospel Businessmen's um, movement. Association is association, what it, but full, go, full gospel business in the 70s, I think, primarily yeah. is when it was. And he was around Catherine Kuhlman. And Catherine Kuhlman would come out to the Shrine Auditorium there in, in Los Angeles and she would hold monthly miracle crusades. And Dima Shikarian made this statement. He said, Her fellowship with God made it easier for others to receive their miracle. What was it? Her reverence and honor for God produced a level of fellowship. And in her place of fellowship, she could lay hold of things that blessed other people. So it does matter that we grow. Because it's not just us that are affected, it's others. We were, my husband and I in the 80s were in a church. I think it was the 80s, it could have been the 90s. We were in a church, a pastor friend, he's in heaven now, but he had a wonderful church and we were sitting at dinner one night. I believe just the four of us or so were there. And he started telling me about a couple that was in his church that grew up in Sister Amy Simple McPherson's church in Angeles Temple. And um, he, uh, they were members of her church. They were members of her Bible school. And they had told this pastor, he said, they have never since Sister Amy's meetings been in meetings that had been as strong of an anointing as Sister Amy had. And they had been in all the, the meetings of people of renown in the body of Christ since Sister Amy and they said no one's anointing was like hers. So I asked the pastor, did they say anything further about that? He said, yes. They said, number one, I said, what's the features about her that they could say that regarding her? And they said, number one, the price she paid to live in intimacy with Jesus. The price she paid to live in intimacy. With Jesus. What's that mean? She got rid of the unimportant yes. out of her day to implement and honor him with her time. Uh, her daughter in law, who married Rolf McPherson, Rolf McPherson was her son. Her daughter in law made the statement she was sitting in Sister Amy's house. Now, Sister Amy built Angelus Temple, the church there. There was a Bible school there, but also connected to that was her home. And so the home was full of reporters, very often full of staff members. Uh, Her life was very full with a lot of business of the ministry. And uh, so her daughter-in-law had gone to her house and was waiting for her because she was not at home. And she said she was sitting in the front room and all of a sudden she said, I felt the presence of God just come in. And she said, I didn't hear anything, but I turned around and Sister Amy was standing there. What was it? That when she came, the one she was intimate with was a parent. And it's those kinds of things that produce or that receive of the flow. So they said, number one, was the price she paid to live in intimacy with Jesus. Number two, they said, she had 150 women that prayed in a room under her platform during every service. She called them her holy generator. What's this? So she gave prayer its place. And they said, number three, her services were reverent. Her services were reverent. That doesn't always mean quiet. What's reverent? It means the way, the attitude, the approach, the attitude of it produced, yes, a weightiness to the atmosphere. Amen. This is something I want you to remember when we talk of this we speak of her intimacy with Jesus. Nothing God asks or requires of us is a burden. Amen. Amen. The devil wants to sometimes harass the mind, the unrenewed mind, with what God is saying and dealing with him about, trying to keep people pushed back from it. But nothing God asks or requires of us is a burden. Nothing of God in His Word is a burden. It's all pleasure. It's all pleasure. It's all pleasure. It's all all blessing. Anything of God in His Word is for our pleasure, it's for our blessing, it's for our favor. Spending time with God and his word is to be considered nothing but pleasure, not time robbing, not something I got to work in and check it off my list. It's my joy. He is our joy. He is our joy. And if we're not careful, we turn our confessions into the legalism without the joy of him. Never let any thought distort the pleasure that belongs to us in knowing and walking with God. It is our complete privilege. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I'll close with these last few verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse 18. The King James translation And before I read that verse, let me say this to you, that when we walk in reverence and honor toward God, we value his plan above anything else of our life. His plan is first. His plan, not my agenda, not my goals. His plan is first. What is his plan? First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. Well, if it's pleasing to him, then it's pleasing to me. I refuse to let what pleases him displease me. And uh, I I love the wording here, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, every one, every, every one of you, every one of you, he has a set place for you. And in that set place is your foundation, is your anchor, is your, is your uh, fortification. So don't ever let the devil treat your place. as being being unimportant or not mattering or you treating it lightly because that is a flow of dishonor it's exactly what Esau did treated lightly his place his place is is the firstborn every one of them in the body God set God set not suggested he set my husband used to say it this way because he was a construction worker. He said when we would pour concrete and it set, you could no longer adjust it. Yeah, yeah. There's no adjusting yeah, it. Yeah. Once it's set. When God sets you in a place, you can't adjust that. You can't decide to adjust that with your preference. Or your own plan. And the setting... Of that pleases God amen when we reverence and honor God we want to we want to occupy the place he set us in we don't sit there with a wrong attitude we're pleased to be there well the pastor asked me to work the parking lot this week I didn't want to work the parking lot. I wanted to work the usher door, yeah. whatever, yeah. the yeah. greeters. Yeah. I want yeah. Practice being pleased. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't yes. practice being displeased. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's a dishonor to us to, yes. as believers to try to occupy a place he didn't set us in. What makes us think that we can just go anywhere we want and sit it any way we want, any time we want, any place we want, any how we want, any attitude we want? Don't seek to stand in an office or position you aren't called to. Because if you're not set there, you're not staying. No matter how hard you try or how much money you spend. (laughs) Don't let ambition be your guide as to the role That's right. you fulfill. Yeah. Let the pleasure of God be your guide. Where he's pleased to set me is where yeah. I'm pleased to yes. occupy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amen. How we occupy where he sets us will show our level of honor. Yeah. Our level of reverence for that place. Don't let someone diminish in your hearing and in your thinking, what God has spoken to you to do. When God speaks to me about hiring employees, yeah. He doesn't sometimes in varied ways. Sometimes there's just, it seems good to me in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Others, He calls their names to me. Yeah. 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 But if God was interested, And setting them there and it pleased him. Don't let someone else diminish that by them diminishing yours by comparing it with theirs. Because someone can displease, someone can say things to you that unsettle you. But they keep their place and got you out of yours. Why are you going to listen to someone else? diminish your place by comparing it with theirs and trying to make it look like your place is not as important. You know what makes your place important? It pleases God. Nothing else. It's it's not whether I have seniority. It's not whether I'm noticed. What makes my place valuable to me is God was pleased to lead me here and set me there. And if he's pleased to, to, uh, to, to, through my pastor, assign me to a particular department, I am so pleased to be there. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. This is a flow of honor. And many times people don't realize they're not receiving their miracle help because they're not pleased with what pleased God to direct them in. They diminished it. They thought it wasn't important. They thought it was optional as to whether to show up or not. I'll just call somebody to fill my space. I'll ask them, well, just because your pastor or your department head might have released you doesn't mean God released you. Just because you covered it. I want to be where God was pleased to assign me. Because in the pleasing is where... The miracle flow will reach me. Amen. In the pleasing of being set, part of that is being prepared and skilled for where He set me. It's not enough to just show up. I need to show up and learn it, learn it, learn it, learn that position, learn that place, learn where I've been set so I bring skill to it and I elevate everything of that place. Why? Because someone is connected to me. The Bible says we are fitly joined together. You don't fit in every place. That's why you can't pick. Because you don't fit everywhere. You know where you fit? Where he set you. Amen. Amen. And when God sets you somewhere, Say, Father, I'm going to occupy this place in honor. What's that mean? I'm going to become skillful with everything that's entrusted to me. Amen. 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 What about this? Where is God training you for the place he sets you? In the local church. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about spiritual, spiritually speaking, your, pl- your role in the body. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: That's right. Amen. Amen. Don't allow anyone to separate you from the place God is training you for. He's training you in the local church to flow in the body of Christ, to, to bring skill to the place he set you in the body. He's going to train you to occupy that place with skill in the local church. Yeah. If a man, if a man just think for a company, just a, a secular business, if a man is hired to a position but he doesn't apply himself yeah. to become skillful mm-hmm. with that position and with the responsibilities, with the equipment that belongs to his department, uh-huh. it's for one reason. He's not that interested in the success of the company. Yeah. 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 He's interested in his paycheck. Yeah. 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 He's not interested in the success of his company. I want to become skillful because I'm interested that God's body is edified. God's body is enhanced. You know, there have come some opportunities to our ministry of of other networks to air our broadcast on. And one of my things, it's not, oh, good, our ministry is going to get out. No, 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 no. My intent is that what I, my part... That I have to bring elevates the vision of that ministry that put us in the invisibility. I want to help them fulfill. It's not about me. God's not putting us in a place so we can be seen, He's putting us in a place so that we can help things grow grow up. Amen. Amen. I want to read to you uh, Ephesians 4, verse 16. Then we'll we'll be finished with this part. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. What's that mean? When God sets you somewhere, you're a joint. And you need to... Not just receive a supply, but bring a supply. Every joint supply. Every joint supply. Not every, every joint drain. Every joint supply. When you come to the, the church services, there's a, there's a supply to receive, but there's a supply to bring. Because it's going to affect the atmosphere. Coming with a wrong attitude will affect the atmosphere of what can flow through those joints. So it says, every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Look at this, maketh increase of the body, maketh increase of the body, maketh increase of the body, not increase of the man. Increase of the body. God's not set us somewhere so we can just be visible, recognized, given prominence. It's so that for the increase of the body, the increase of the body, the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God has you in mind and he has a place for you. Honor that place. Reverence that place. Don't let someone dishonor it in your attitude. Because others say, you go to church all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a picture of my honor for the place that God's given me. I've had people say to my husband and I, y'all go to church all the time, but they went to ball games all the time. It's fine to go to ball games, but all the time shows your honor. And they try to make it think because of all the time that we're excessive but you are somewhere all the time it's not very hard to figure it out that God honored us by setting us somewhere and pleased it pleased him it pleased him so it pleases me that he thought of me when he thought of this position this role this responsibility It pleases me that he thought of me. He made a place that only I fit in. Amen. Amen. Honor that. Reverence that. And when you do, you become a joint that supplies miracle flow. (laughs) Deliverance flow. Help. The flow of help. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful tonight so grateful ah father we're growing we are not going to look at ourselves and and turn against ourselves (laughs) get down on ourselves but we say we're growing we come up we come up to that which we hear to that which you offer us and i would dare to say that while you're sitting here tonight just on the inside of you dealings that you're getting an inward checklist of, you know what? I can address this. I'm, I'm going I'm to see to it that this flourishes. I'm going to see to it that this is, that I give proper attention to this or to that. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. This afternoon that healing anointing came into my hand stayed for a while and I said to God I said what is it that you want to be ministered to tonight and he said this he said those with heart conditions and conditions with internal organs so let's reverence and honor specifically what he wants to minister to now don't misunderstand me just by being in his presence, you can release your faith and receive what you need. But he has instruction for us that he specifically wants to emphasize those with heart conditions or problems with internal organs. So if that's you, real quickly, raise your hand and let me see how many that we're looking at. Raise your hand high so that I can see it. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, what we're going to do, tell me, I'm, I'm trying to look. Do you, can you tell me real quick where you want them to go? Which aisle? If you could come up and just, you can come up to the front first. And if that fills in, just go either to this aisle or this side aisle, just because we don't want anyone to, uh, be in the way of the flow of how we're going to be ministering. Hallelujah. So if that's you, come on up tonight, if you would praise the Lord hallelujah you know we need to honor that God has these specific needs in mind amen and let's let's hook on to what he's what he's emphasizing tonight amen hallelujah so I'm going to ask you extend your faith this way some of these situations you don't know some of them could be a matter of life and death and it needs to matter to us that they receive Of that flow that is present God longs to heal he's not looking for reasons for people to be disqualified he wants us he longs for us to receive amen so extend your hand this way and release your faith with these people it matters to us I said it matters to us we make important to us what's important to God And what's important to him is that they receive what he paid for them to have so we make that important to us and those of you that are up here from your heart let your heart agree with these words but say these words after me say when hands are laid on me the healing power of God will go into my body it will drive out pain and symptoms, Jesus. sickness and disease, Jesus. and, I shall, be whole. and I, I
1: shall be whole.
0: And I receive it, I receive it. in Jesus' name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Love, what is it for you? Um, I had a ectopic pregnancy and so today removed mm-hmm. uh, basically my fallopian Yeah. To on this yeah. Side. So yeah. Do they say that you could ever become pregnant again? They or? said there's
1: uh-huh. maybe it'll happen mm-hmm. but this uh-huh. it doesn't work so the chances mm-hmm. they, they've been diagnosed being fertile
0: at this point yeah yeah Father we thank you for wholeness mm. we thank you we thank you for it what about you love say again I'm sorry for hernias yeah Father we thank you ah mm there, that float in. <laughs> we thank you, Father, for those to be whole in Jesus' name. What about you, sir? I need a new heart. A new heart. Well, you're in the right place. Father, we need a new heart. <laughs> Jesus, you paid for a new heart. So we take it tonight. We lay hold of it. We thank you for the angels of heaven that will bring new body parts. New body parts. What about you, sir? Yeah. Father, we thank you for wholeness in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. What about you, love? With that, yeah. Father, we thank you for healing power, making her whole in Jesus' name. What about you, love? I've been having issues with my liver. With your liver Yes. Uh-huh. I've baited, um, just of and stuff in my pancreas mm-hmm. 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 Father, we thank you. Ah... Pastor Jay, she said, uh, included in this is autoimmune situations. So I know you have an anointing for that. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Father. What about you, sir? Uh
1: huh. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, Father, we thank you for wholeness in Jesus' name. Ah, there that anointing goes in. We thank you. What about you, sir? Your lungs. your lungs. What's the matter with your lungs? They say my is closing up. Uh huh. Difficult to breathe. Difficult to breathe. Yeah. Okay. Father, we thank you for new lungs. Uh mm. Jesus, you paid for new lungs. <laughs> we thank you. For new lungs. (laughs) Oh, it's so good to be whole. 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 whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about you, sir? Yeah. In what part? All over my stomach. All over your stomach. Brother Joel, cancer. He said all over in his stomach. I know you have an anointing to deal with that. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We curse that. In Jesus' name, come out. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. What about you, love? My mind. Your mind, yeah. Be free, be whole in Jesus' name. You take your hand off her mind in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Can I ask you this? Where do you go to church? Do you go to church somewhere, love? Um, I was at Baptist Church
1: in Orlando.
0: In Orlando? Is that where you live? Yes. In Orlando? Yes. So you came here for these meetings? Or to visit somebody or what? For Him. him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Find you a church that teaches you the Word. That teaches you the Bible. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Word is the help. The Word is the help. Amen. Father, we thank You. Yes, yes, yes. Father, we thank You. We thank You that you're you're leading her that you lead her to the place of light we think we're so grateful where God, where you've been but God has more for you yeah and I tell you what every single one of us would be in a different place if we hadn't had got in a place where the word found its place in our thinking in our lives amen he has peace for you Get her, get her those, the I have like three or four books that deal with it. Make sure they're gonna give you those before you leave the building. Don't leave until they get them to you, okay? Hallelujah. Life it can be different. You're born again, right? You're born again, yeah. Part of your inheritance is a mind of peace. That's part of your inheritance. Amen. Life of heaven on earth, not troubled not troubled. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Yeah. What about you, sir? I was born with a major heart disease. With a heart disease, yeah. Father, we thank you for help for the heart. Wholeness for the heart. I speak to that disease. You dry up. You leave his body in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. What about you, sir? Being on drugs, I had excessive blood pressure. Uh-huh. I lost my eyesight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus loves making things whole. Father, we thank you. Ah, we, shh. We thank you, Father, for wholeness, new heart. We thank you for restored sight in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. What about you, love? Uh-huh, your pancreas. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Father, we thank you for a new pancreas. Ah! Ah! We thank you for wholeness. In Jesus' name. What about you, love? Sure. What is, God, yeah, yeah. Father, we thank you for your power working in her neck, in her knees. We thank you for making her whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise. Can I? I want to share something real quick with you, and you'll remember of the ten lepers. From afar off, they cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't go near them. Not because he was trying to keep distance, but he was showing us his word is enough. He just gave them something to obey instead of something to feel. But when they obeyed, they felt something. (laughs) and it said as they went they were healed and it said and when one saw that he was healed he turned back and what did he do with a loud voice he glorified God and then when he reached Jesus he fell down and worshiped him the process of leprosy was stopped because it says that all 10 were cleansed. So that means the process of leprosy is stopped. But this one, when he turned back and worshiped, Jesus said, your faith makes you whole. The others were cleansed. This one received wholeness, not because Jesus loved him more, but because the man returned in honor and gratitude for what had already um, the measure he had already received and he got a greater degree
1: yeah.
0: to have a greater flow of that healing power miracle power keep worshipping it will move you into greater degrees so those of you who hands were laid on you the healing line wasn't the end i have to wonder because the others were the, all of them were cleansed but the one was made whole body parts put back digits that were eaten off were put back facial features that were eaten off put back Jesus said he was made whole my thought was I wonder what the nine said when they saw that one the next time because they were still missing body parts they were cleansed but they were still missing what had been damaged and they're going, how'd you get your fingers back? I returned. I went back to the place where God met me. Meaning, this you can't receive all God has for you with one visit. Keep returning you keep coming back and I want you to know for the rest of our life it's to be a day of returning to worship and give thanks every day and you say well I can tell things have changed a little bit keep keep honoring him through worship worship is an expression of honor and the more you just keep worshiping you you go fl- you go deeper into that flow you determine you determine the degree not him we determine the degree amen hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord well pastor nancy i just wanted you to lay hands on me and things to change i do too but i want you to sustain and hold on to everything you receive and that's why as pastor dennis was teaching us on sunday morning this is why hearing the word is so so important because the devil is busy trying to steal from you everything's got everything God's blessed you with, and when he shows up and he can't get in because honor already lives there, he can't steal from you. Anything we aren't grateful for, we'll lose. But if we'll be if we'll be grateful, Amen. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, you're a wonderful healer. Thank you so much. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for your healing power. We believe in the power of God. We believe in the power of God. We thank you that it's working in our brothers and sisters that we got to minister to. We thank you that wholeness, wholeness is moving in their their lives and their bodies. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defraimministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defraim Ministries.